It is Tuesday, June 9th. I am Trent Reinsmith, uh, your host for the Come On Now MMA podcast, the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. And it has been a very busy and eventful day in the MMA world. And so, without further ado, let's, uh, let's get started. The first subject for today is going to be Dana White's discussion of Conor McGregor and how he turned down a short notice fight and what he said in the process of turning down that fight. So this uh, clip of Dana White is from ESPN First Take. There are three names in the news right now uh, as it relates to the UFC. One of them just said he retired. Two of them are kind of going at you at Twitter, on Twitter. What are your thoughts on Conor McGregor, John Jones, Jorge Masvidal? Yeah, so Conor McGregor is frustrated right now because, you know, I mean, look what's going on. Look at what we're pulling off. We're, we're literally just going, uh, you know, to, to, to Yaz Island right now to pull off these fights because the hardest thing to do right now is to get people into the country from other parts of the world. And we are a true global business. We're the only one, uh, you know, the only ones that are pulling off live sports right now. And if I continue to do fights in the United States, I'm going to burn out all my American talent. So now we got Yaz Island ready to go. It's set up. Um, and this is just a, a, a matter of Connor being frustrated, I think, and that he can't get what he wants right now. But it's, it's just not possible. And, and he wants to fight Gaethje. He wants to fight Gaethje. Um, Gaethje just won to beat Habib. I mean, he just won to get the fight with Khabib. He just beat Tony Ferguson. I, Connor had the opportunity to slide into that spot. If, if Khabib or Tony fell out, he came back and said, you know, I'm not a replacement fighter. I'm not going to do it. He would be in that position right now. If he took the fight, he didn't Gaethje did. So Gaethje gets it. This leaves out a big part of the conversation. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Conor McGregor is not a replacement fighter. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have take a fight on short notice. And let's not forget here um, that when this replacement was first announced, Gaethje accepted the fight that was scheduled for April 18th. He accepted that on April 6th. So you want Conor McGregor to accept the fight for an opponent he hasn't trained for? on 12 days notice during a global pandemic. Think about that. Your biggest star that you've ever had, you're asking him to be a late replacement fighter against an opponent he hasn't trained for on 12 days notice during a global pandemic, not knowing how he can even get into the country if he's going to be able to get into the country. So that's that's ridiculous. And yeah, the fight um, did get moved back, but that doesn't make the initial offer, it doesn't change that. Gaethje still accepted the fight on 12 days notice. Good for him, but Conor McGregor? That's You're going to come at Conor McGregor for that, and then you're going to make it seem like he did something that was out of line by not taking the, that kind of offer? Nah, no, nope. This is a desperate attempt from Dana White to paint McGregor in a bad picture and try and imply that 
McGregor was out of line by not accepting a fight on 12 days notice. It, that doesn't work. That doesn't work for uh, someone like Conor McGregor. Nope. So Gaethje accepted it, and that's fine. That's cool. But McGregor? Nah. He, he has no... Why should he? He has no reason to accept a fight like that. Um, and he's correct. He is not and never will be a replacement fighter. The next section, um, things heat up a little bit here uh, between White and Dominique Foxworth, who was the head of the NFL Players Association, um, Maryland undergrad, Harvard grad, so someone who knows a thing or two about uh, unions and players associations and collective bargaining and contracts. So here's that clip. Yeah, I think uh, the Masvidal and Jones are interesting cases that I think you'll probably explain away, but my history in, in labor unions and sports in particular kind of makes me a little biased on this particular side. But if it were just those two guys, then I feel like I could get on board and understand your explanation. And I obviously understand how businesses work, but there's a long history of issues with the labor in um, UFC not feeling that they are getting just payment or the treatment that they deserve. So can you speak to the, to the long history rather than the specific individuals? Does anybody feel like they make too much money? Nobody does. These guys just suck. Listen, if we were talking about a thing where... You know, these guys had old contracts from three years ago, and it's like, come on, that was three years ago that I did this deal. They signed these less than a year ago. Right. This was months ago. We're in, oh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but we're in a pandemic right now, and no other sports are going. Oh, by the way, every other sport out there is arguing over money right now. I haven't laid off one employee. I haven't asked any of my fighters to take less money, and you don't hear me out here crying about, no, I don't get any gates. I don't have this. I don't have... You don't hear me crying about anything. I'm running my business. I'm paying everybody. And right now, if you think it's easy to be a business owner right now, here and today, you are right out of your mind, okay? Because there's never been a harder time to do business than right now. Guess what? I'm pulling it off. Well, you can't say you're not crying anymore. You just said it's a hard time for business owners. But I do think that it's important to understand that, that there's different... I was just explaining... That, that's not me crying. Different leverage. I was just explaining to you. The point, the point I'm making is... All right, I'm, uh, the leverage is different. So, like, uh, saying that they just signed contracts doesn't speak to the leverage that they have in negotiation. Just because they signed contracts doesn't necessarily mean that the contracts are fair. I'm not informed enough to know whether contracts are fair or not, but I understand that when there's a track record of a number of athletes over a, a period of time having an issue with someone or a, a company, then that seems like a, a, a group that needs union, unionization in order to have the leverage to get the things that they want. I know Molly has a question for you, but I, that wasn't a question. I was just kind of making a oh, point. Oh, no, no. I, I, I want you again. Welcome oh, to the fight wait. business, my friend. And uh, 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 so right now we're in a pandemic and all this stuff is going on. Do you see me trying to, I, we just signed a contract eight months ago. You see me saying, oh, no, no, this is going on and that's going on. I have to pay you less money. Let's talk. No, I'm paying them right. exactly the same amount of money, no matter what's going on in the history of this company. That, I've never asked the fighter to go backwards ever. I mean, that you could you could argue that that suggests that maybe they weren't making enough if their pay is not an issue. But I'm not saying that you're having trouble that that we should applaud you. We should certainly applaud you for keeping your business running and not letting any people down. I certainly wasn't looking to fight you like Dan Lebetard. I'm not looking to fight you at all. I'm just bringing up the idea that there's a there's another perspective that 
that makes perfect sense to me. Given my background, I understand how difficult it is to, to run a business right now. So we applaud you for all that. We applaud you for not taking their money down. But just because you're not doing anything bad doesn't mean that the situation is fair for them. And again, I, I'm not trying to be uh, confrontational because I don't know the ins and outs of this business, but I do know the ins and outs of, of sports labor. And I know that when you have a bunch of angry, upset athletes, there's normally a reason why they should be angry and upset. So I was just speaking to that. Well, uh, again, I, I have 630 fighters under contract and we're talking about two. <laughs> right now. Go ahead, Molly. This was, uh, things got a little tense there for White. I don't know what he was thinking in in this conversation but Foxworth picked up on it right away and that's the point where he said that maybe the contracts weren't uh, favorable to begin with and he nailed it he nailed it right there because the UFC as we know gets 80% or more of the revenue and so White doesn't have to Take, ask the fighters to take a pay cut because if they do I, I don't know if they can it, it's, it's almost criminal what they're being paid now so if you ask them to take a, a pay cut when you're already keeping 80% of the revenue or more and everyone knows it because of the antitrust filings that's uh, you can't do that uh, without looking even you, you already look bad if you if you're keeping eighty percent of the revenue and you say I, I I need to keep more of that, then you look you look you look even worse. So Foxworth knows what's happening here, even though he says he doesn't know the ins and outs of the UFC contracts and deals. He knows enough that it's suspicious, that it looks suspicious, and that he that there's something going on with with the uh, with the numbers. The other thing that Foxworth picks up on is the fact that White says. He only has two fighters complaining about pay, and Foxworth says, for now. First of all, the two fighters is incorrect because Sean O'Malley has already said that he wants to renegotiate his contract and he won't fight um, other fighters, rank, uh, high-ranked fighters, without a raise. Uh, Francis Ngannou said he would not fight someone like John Jones without getting more money. And so, that that's not true. So... Right away, there's there's some untruths from White. And then there's also the fact that this is just the start of things, I believe. Once you have the bigger-name fighters opening up about their concerns about pay, the, the that'll trickle down. And then you'll get the middle-road fighters. And then you'll get the newer fighters. And then sooner rather than later, probably, you're going to have a lot of fighters being very vocal about their pay. It's always been the exception that fighters have complained about their pay because there's always been pushback from the UFC. There's always been repercussions. But now I think fighters are starting to see that there aren't repercussions and they're, because of the, the bigger name fighters are getting away with these uh, being pretty vocal about their desire to be paid what they're worth. And so I think that is going to be a sea change for the UFC and the fighters and there's going to be a lot more to come on this because they have been taken advantage of from the start when the UFC told them there was no money uh, fight for the love of the sport and all that jazz well that's changed that changed and everyone saw that changed 
right when it so, the UFC sold for $4 billion. So the UFC, UFC couldn't cry that they were broke after that. And then that changed it. And then when the antitrust suit, the information came out, that changed it again. And so now the fighters all know that they're being shafted. Expect more fighters to speak up. And yeah, Foxworth did a fantastic job in that very brief window that he had um, to uh, make his point. And I hope that Foxworth does dig into these things and does interview and debate White again. Do I think that will happen? No, because White probably thought he was going to go on to ESPN, get a friendly interview like he always does. He didn't get that. And he didn't look good in that brief interview that Foxworth did with him. So I don't think uh, White will be encouraged to, 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 to try it again. Or maybe his ego, ego will get the best of him, and he'll try and debate Foxworth again. And if that happens, I think we should all look forward to that. Uh, you could put that on Fight Pass. You could put that on pay-per-view. I would pay $65 to watch Foxworth debate White on UFC fighter pay, benefits, um, contracts for three hours. I would, I would be ecstatic to pay that money. Ecstatic. I don't think it. I don't think it'll happen, but I would love to see it. I want to stay on the topic of fighter pay and contracts for the next um, section here. It's from yesterday's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Hawani show on ESPN. Cormier attempts to explain or to compare UFC deals with ESPN deals, and I, I, they're not comparable in the least. Um, Helwani does an okay job explaining that, but I want to go into a little more detail um, and give a little more further breakdown of why these things aren't comparable. And I'll play the clip and then explain my thinking. So when you go to ESPN, Ariel, and you, your contract is about to expire, or and you say, I want more money, they're going to say, okay, we'll give you more money. But then you're going to get a new contract for just years, right? You'll have years to work to earn that money, right? And you may get more in terms of yearly in that time, but you're not going to get more money for a year. You're going to get more money for another four or five-year contract. They're going to lock you down, and that's going to work. And then in year two, you're probably going to be like, you know what, man? If my star has gotten bigger, if I'm shining brighter than I ever have, you may say, I want more money again. But you think that when you go get more money, they're going to say, okay, I'm going to give you more money for the remainder of this contract, or they're going to extend that contract longer when you get more money. It's just the way it works. Like It's very complex. It's it, very complex so when Steph, Curry, when Steph Curry signs that Supermax, he doesn't sign that Supermax just to finish out the contract he's on. Sure. They add years. It's the way it works in all sports. Yeah, but again, it's different because in our sport, it is in years, right? Like you sign a seven-fight deal, you don't fight that gets paused, right? It's not like you can sit out and mm -hmm. get, or you get injured and the, the clock keeps running. So it's, I understand the idea of comparing it to other sports, but it's just so different than other sports, but like, right? But then even Dana says, you're healthy. I'm obligated to give you three fights a year. Yeah. So essentially when you sign a six fight contract, you're signing a two year contract. If you fight the way that you're supposed to fight, if you're fight health, if you're healthy and you can go 
you can get those six fights in two years. So essentially you're getting two fight contracts, two year contracts. I'm sorry. Okay. To compare a UFC deal with an ESPN contract, a broadcasting contract is it's mis misleading at best. When you sign a contract for, for, for a broadcast deal or any job, a job where you are an employee, most of the time that contract is comes with guaranteed money. So say you sign a five-year ESPN contract for a million dollars, just for the ease of argument. If you get um, fired or let go during that time, they still owe you the, unless it's something egregious, they're going to owe you the money for, the, for that contract. So they're going to owe you the full million, even though you haven't fulfilled that contract. You don't have to, if it's their decision to let you go under normal terms where it's not, you're not at fault and they can, you know, find a way to not pay you, they're on the hook for that. You don't have to keep working for them to fulfill that deal. They don't extend that that deal um, if if you're una unable to work or they have let you go. Um, so there's guaranteed. It's a guaranteed term, and it's a guaranteed amount of money. So you know what you're getting. What does the UFC have? It has no guaranteed money, and it has no guaranteed term. Now, Cormier says here, if you fight, and I don't like the way this is worded, and I hope if, if you fight the way you're supposed to fight, which means that you accept every fight they offer you at the time they offer it, then yes, your contract is six fights. However, if you're sick, if you're injured, if the fight doesn't make sense to you, if the money is is wrong and you say nah i'm going to i'm not going to fight for that then your contract gets extended and now it's not a six fight contract they add they add they add time to it and if you turn down another fight that's more time added but as these time as the time gets added the guarantee, there's no guarantee. Now it's a longer fight term, and there's still no guaranteed money. You have to fight out that contract, or you will, or get released to get out of the deal. And if you, quote unquote, retire with three fights left on that contract, you stay. Those three fights remain on that contract. You can't fight for somebody else unless you work out a deal with the UFC. But someone like St. Pierre, George St. Pierre, if he decides he wants to come back to fighting and he has time left on his contract, UFC's not going to let him go. No way. They're not going to let him fight for some other promotion. Not going to happen. So, an ESPN contract, million dollars for five years. Done. Done deal. That's it. Black and white. UFC contract, we don't know how much you're going to get paid. We don't know how long the, the contract's going to work. If you get sick 
and and you're under an ESPN ESPN contract and you can't work, they don't add that onto the end. They don't make you work longer. It's a set time. Unless there's some kind of weird, bizarre wording in there, which I would doubt. So to compare a UFC deal to any other kind of uh, sport contract or work-related contract, you can't do it because there's no set term. There's no guarantee pay. It's just a piece of paper that, that ties you to the UFC for more or less however long they want to keep you there. Unless you fight every time they offer you a fight for that for the money that that you want, then then it's then it is a six fight deal if that's what you signed. But if something happens and they offer you a fight and you can't take it, say you break your leg in half, and they offer you a fight three fights a year, and you can't take that fight because your leg is damaged and it takes you a year to re- recover. Well, that's too bad. Because the way your contract is stated, every time you turn a fight down, adds term term it adds a, a time to that contract. So now, even though you broke your leg, performing for the UFC, you got more time on your deal. It's not fair. UFC contracts are not fair to the fighters. The money's terrible. The terms are terrible. They're all there. They're all just to tie you to the UFC for as long as the UFC wants you. Now, they can release you, but you can't get out of the deal yourself. So, I wish people would stop making believe that the UFC contracts aren't one-sided, that you can compare them to an NFL deal, that you can compare them to an NBA deal. You can't compare them because there's nothing... The only thing they have in common... Is there sports contracts? That's it. That's it. They're they're terrible, terrible, terrible deals. And I wish people would be honest about that. Had uh, one final section on fighter pay here, and it's Sean O'Malley talking about trying to uh, or wanting to redo or renegotiate his deal. And I think you mentioned you want to like. Get, bring go to the negotiating table because you, you know your worth right now. There's a couple fighters that like Jorge Masvidal and John Jones have been very vocal about wanting a bigger slice of the pie. Masvidal was just on Sports Center uh, questioning the split between revenue. So what do you make of all this and in going into the negotiating table? Yeah, I think our situation is probably a little different. Um, you know, they they those guys have had big fights and a lot of fights and big wins. I'm not asking for a lot. Like literally, it's. What I was asking for is still less than everyone made tonight. So I just want it to be fair. Um, I think the whole week was kind of about the sugar show. And um, I was supposed to renegotiate after I knocked out Jose and they, and they wouldn't, you know, it didn't happen. So I don't, and it sucks that it's even, I even have to bring that stuff up and it has to be about money, but it shouldn't have to be. It should be, you know, it should be pretty fair. I think it should be a something that we all agree on. And, and I definitely just want to get paid what I feel I'm worth. So O'Malley's stance is pretty, I mean, he, he just, just wants what he's worth. Um, and he is worth more than what they're paying him. Um, so he, he deserves a raise. And if the UFC 
has promised him a rework, then I don't see what the holdup is other than they are, have made empty promises if those promises were made. But it's clear the UFC is grooming O'Malley to be a star. They're placing him at the top of ESPN cards. They're putting him on pay-per-view cards. And this is a, a young man who doesn't have that much UFC experience. So they're giving him a lot of exposure. So it's, it's, it's clear that they want to make him a star. And so they should pay him as someone who is expected to be a star. So I just looked at, for a comparison, the last person the UFC thought was going to be a star. Well, one of the last, rather. And that was Sage Northcutt. So Northcutt was 3-1 and one in his first four fights with the UFC. Didn't fight on a pay-per-view card. Didn't score uh, any fight night bonuses. For his fourth fight, he was paid... 50 and 50. And he won that fight, so he made 100 grand. O'Malley is 4 0. He has won three fight night bonuses in his last three fights. And he's fought on two pay per view cards. And he fought at the top of an ESPN prelim on, a, on, the other, on another pay per view card. And he has. In la and for his most recent fight, he was paid forty and forty. So you cannot tell me with a straight face that Sage Northcutt, in his fourth fight, deserved twenty thousand dollars more than Sean O'Malley is got. So, yeah, Sean O'Malley deserves a raise, and I like, like I said before. Uh, earlier on an earlier podcast I like the fact that he's not going to fight a name top uh, ranked opponent until he starts getting money that he thinks he deserves um, so he's 25 but he knows what he's worth he knows that he's being groomed to be a star and he's looking like that's the other difference between him and Northcutt he's looking like he's justifying in, in him being groomed to be a star um so, pay the man his money. He deserves it. Like he said, he's not asking for something ridiculous. He just wants what he's worth. So, he's worth more than what he's getting. That's for sure. I want to end on a, a note of admiration here for Mr. Leon Edwards. So, Gilbert Burns is going to fight fight Kamara Usman for the Usman's welterweight title on Fight Island, which is more, which, well, isn't really Fight Island, is it? It's in the UAE, which the UFC visits on the regular. But anyway, um, Edwards was offered that fight first, and he had to turn it down, and he went, tweeted about it. He tweeted, for those asking, yes, I got offered the shot before Gilbert. We couldn't make it work this time. 2020 has been tough for me on this side of the world, as it has been for a lot of people. But fuck it, you can't stop what is inevitable. Then in his next tweet, he said, the strap will be mine. Continue to stay safe, everybody. So Leon Edwards has had a, a, a tough go here. Um, I, I think his last fight was in June of last year, in 2019. July, 
So he beat uh, Rafael Dos Anjos in July, uh, five-round decision. One, two, three. He's won eight fights in a row. Um, all have, all but two were decisions. But yeah, he um, he probably should have already had a title fight. And uh, but even when he gets offered it, and he has to turn it down, he he still has a, a positive attitude about things, which. The way things have gone for him, he's kind of been the forgotten man at welterweight, even though he has eight wins in a row. And, you know, they're against pretty good, the last three here against Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, and Dos Anjos. So he's not fighting scrubs. And uh, yet he gets skipped by for the title fight, and he can't take it this time. And he still has a positive outlook about things. And, and I kind of I admire that because... If I was in his shoes, I'd be I'd be pretty salty. I would uh, I would not have a oh well kind of attitude, but um, it's it's refreshing to see that. Um, so good for good for Leon Edwards, and hopefully he uh, the UFC doesn't forget that he does deserve a shot at the title when uh, when he is able to to get a fight. Or accept the fight, rather. But, um, again, good for him for uh, just keeping looking at a, a positive outlook um, when things aren't really going that well. And, and remember, he hasn't gotten paid since July 2019 either then. So, good for him. Like I said, good for him. And on that note, on a posit- on the rare positive note, I'm going to call it a night. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. Thank you.